What's happening, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Read podcast right here in the Barroom Network. Uh, check out all of the great Barroom Network programming on their YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes. That's where you'll find all our previous shows as well. Usually videotaped, but today we are doing audio only. And again, you can get that content on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, wherever you get your entertainment. You can follow us on social media. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. What's up, my dude? What's up? How's uh, the summer going? Can you believe it? It's mid-July. It's mid-July. It's not fair. uh, Yeah, it's going quick, but we're uh, two weeks away from from training camp starting up, right? Oh, yes. How about it? We'll uh, start, uh, Justin Fields will start dominating your your Twitter headlines once again. It's, uh, it'll be exciting. And then the newest bear, we got a lot to get to before we talk, dive into the bears, a lot to get to, uh, NBA off season news, of course, uh, NBA free agency, all that good stuff. Um, we'll talk about Chicago and where it ranks as far as cities to live in, in the world. Uh, it's up there, spoiler alert. And then we've been talking about TV shows recently. You heard our, our best dramas, but top TV shows of 2022. I saw a, a good uh, good list, and, and there's just a plethora of choices out there. If you're TV heads like we are, um, when you're you know getting down and, and getting comfortable on the couch at night. I'll also guess Ross's top five. I think I have a good chance of at least getting a 60%, something like that. Okay. okay. But to lead in... Let's talk about the Bears, and really the big news was uh, another addition to the wide receiver core. You you were curious if they were going to add anybody else at this point uh, before training camp, and and lo and behold, you get a guy. You put took a flyer, I believe it was for a a seventh round pick. Uh, it was a, a quick trade with the Patriots, and you get a guy who he's he's shown some sparks in, in Akil Harry. I think a lot of people hated on the the move immediately. But as we know, when you're getting into training camp and, and with a young guy like Justin Fields, you're going to take flyers on guys. And, and there's a mix of drafted talent, talent that's been there with the Bears, with the old regime, and then now new guys coming in. So I, I think there's a lot to be said about this receiving core and, and its potential. What do you think about the Nikhil Harry uh, trade? Yeah, I mean, listen, for a seventh-round pick that you know doesn't, um, it's not the fruition until 2024. It's absolutely worth it. This guy was, you know, obviously a first round talent at some point. Um, you know, he had a multitude of issues in New England. He uh, had a foot injury early on, uh, which caused him to be, you know, behind the curve on a very intricate and, and difficult offense, as we've seen for years. We, we've seen even guys like Julie Elman and, and Wes Walker say that um, that offense takes years for them to kind of come together. And it just never really came to fruition for him for that. And then, you know, you kind of get into Bill Belichick's doghouse a little bit. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out in New England, right? Um, but I think he comes now to an opportunity with the Bears where they've got a bottom five, you know, at least on paper right now, receiving court in the NFL. So he's got an opportunity to uh, be in a more simplified offense, I think, which is just going to be like a lot of drag routes and a lot of, uh, you know, hitches and uh, being able to get these receivers the ball out in space and let them use their athleticism. And he just worked with a young quarterback in Justin Fields who's going to be the point guard of this offense and being able to, you know, kind of, um, 
you know, spread the ball around because there is no true number one. I mean, Darnell Mooney is your closest thing, but I don't think that we would call him a number one by the stretches of, of what we've seen in the league. So, you know, there should be plenty of football around. There should be a good opportunity for Enkeel uh, Harry to come in here and not only make this roster, but hopefully provide an impact. Yeah, absolutely. He's 24 years old. I know you mentioned the foot injury, but it, it's really cheap, as is a lot of these. Uh, they're very franchise-friendly deals as far as not putting all your eggs in one basket. I mean, why would you with these guys? They're mostly unproven besides Darnell Mooney, who's the number one, who's still pretty young. It's it's a very young wide receiving core. And you'll see if Justin Fields can build some chemistry with these guys. I, I like it. I know he's only got 57 receptions for 598 yards, four touchdowns, and uh, about you know, two seasons worth of regular season games, but there's plenty of upside there. So with that said, I, I think that during this off season, it's just kind of reaching for headlines at this point. And, and I know one was Keyshawn uh, Johnson, not holding back um, and just saying that the, the bears like the roster sucks around the bears basically. And mm-hmm. I, I take issue with that. I, I'd say, there are some gems around there, and, and it's still an NFL uh, roster. Like, what do you know until they take the field at this point? I mean, he, he could easily eat my words as we all could, but I I don't see it. I don't see it as terrible. We've seen worse rosters, in my opinion. Yeah, I think what makes me a little bit upset about what Keyshawn said is, you know this is not a guy who goes out there and grinds tape you know, day by day and, and, and hour by hour. That's just not what he does. He, he kind of ha- makes well, general blanket statements. But I, I doubt that he's even watched, you know, Velus Jones on, on uh, you know, Tennessee tape and, you know, and some of these other guys. He probably wouldn't know Darnell Mooney if he walked past him on the street, even though Darnell had, you know, over a thousand yards last season. So I don't, I, I take those kind of things from a, an analyst. And I say that very loosely in quotation marks from Keyshawn with a grain of salt. Um, just because I, I, I don't think that he's the kind of guy that is looking at every single team in the NFL and he knows their roster from top to bottom to be able to make a, such a blanket statement by that. He, I think he's right. equating um, inexperience and, and, and a lack of household names for it's a terrible roster. And my response to that is, you know, can we find out on week one, right? Can we, can we hold off on uh, any kind of take like that until we see – um, you know, a bunch of games underneath the belt and, and see how these guys perform. And I think that's only fair for them. I actually think their defense um, is, is really good from top to bottom. I, I think that they've got a really solid defense. Um, yep. The offense is going to be, you know, what remains to be seen. But, you know, can David Montgomery be a top 10, excuse me, back in the league? Possibly. Can Darnell Mooney, you know, uh, kind of emerge? And we saw today he's bulked up to 183. Um I've been going to get you to bulk up to 183. Um, <laughs> but, you know, can he be a, a, a true number one weapon? Can Jones make an impact as a rookie, right? Can guy, can you know, Byron Pringle, you know, have 600 yards receiving? Stuff like that. Can Cole Komet, like when his third season coming up, you know, now emerge as a quality tight end? Sure. These are guy, things that, that we're going to watch out for. And I don't think they're – a, uh, a bottom five or, or even a bottom three roster or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination. They're a middle-of-the-road team. I, I, even under a new coach, even under a young quarterback, there's plenty of upside like we talked about. I think, like you like you said, it, it makes a lot of sense to question the roster, but also you see the truer things. You see that the surer things are in the defense 
are in a guy where you saw flashes of it. Justin Fields is just going to get better after year one. David Montgomery anchoring that that backfield is big, and then building depth in that defense. And we know Eberflus is, is a defensive-minded coach, so we're going to see this defense at least in the top 15, top half of the league, which is exciting, and, and we know good things happen when that Bears defense is thriving. So it's the NFL offseason, as we know, close to training camp. Just as we are spitting out headlines here, I'm seeing MVP odds float across my screen here. And and actually, it was wild to see that, you know, like TJ Watt is up there, guys like that. But of course, it's all quarterback heavy. Ross, if I I put a gun to your head right now, I know you're a big Bills guy. I think you would agree with Vegas, with Josh Allen right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. But who is here just absolute favorite or you're seeing between him and Pat, Pat Mahomes or you seeing a dark horse at some point here? You know what? Yes. Josh Allen is probably my favorite. I think Justin Herbert is going to get a lot of buzz as well, just because he puts up a ton of stats. And I think that team's going to be able to take a major step forward. But you mean my dark horse is a guy that already has this award uh, in his mantle. And I think he's been disrespected um, a lot lately. And I think that's Lamar Jackson. I I think you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is coming into this year healthy. He's got the COVID stuff that's kind of plagued him the last couple of years behind him. He looks phenomenal. Speaking of bulking up, the guy looks like he's put about 15 pounds of muscle on this year, which, you know, to have that kind of speed and agility and and put that kind of strength and power on him is just insane. But um, I, I think this is a guy who right now, as you've seen him attack people on Twitter all week, I think he's a little pissed off that people are disrespecting him. You know, ESPN's uh, show Get Up did their top 10 quarterbacks right now. They didn't even put Lamar Jackson in there, which I think is absolutely fucking ridiculous. How do you have guys like Dak Prescott in in there over Lamar Jackson when this guy has an MVP trophy on his mantle? And so I think Lamar is going to come into this year and to me, a very winnable division, right? You look at that division, we don't know what's happening with Deshaun Watson. He might be out for half the year, you know, or somewhere around there, right? You got Mitchell Trubisky as the quarterback of the Steelers, we've seen that movie before right yes um and then you got joe burrow and and joe burrow joe burrow's the truth but you know will they have a super bowl hangover will they be able to to keep that going i just think that lamar jackson is some is a guy that you need to look out for because um you know they've got some some new weapons for him there they got hollywood brown out of there who's largely inconsistent and I think that, you know, Mark Andrews there, all those running backs that they lost last year, remember that in preseason in, in the training camp, they lost like four running backs. You know, they right. get they get the running game back. And I just think that Lamar is going to be really comfortable, but most importantly, pissed off. And um, it wouldn't put it past me to see that guy rush for a thousand yards and, and, and get, you know, 40 combined touchdowns this year. And he's going to be in the running for, for MVP if he does that. 20 to one right now. That's... That's I put ten bucks on it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you what he's what he's uh, two years removed from that MVP season or a year? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. He's two years removed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was basically the pre-COVID years, and you know, we we know about the stuff with him. He was unvaccinated and caught COVID a bunch of times, and you know, you hopefully that that stuff is behind him. But he just looks great right now, and he and he sounds pissed off, and the infrastructure is there. You know, with with uh, with John Harbaugh who is going to do everything he can to help Lamar succeed. When you put those factors in there, I'm not bending against that guy. Yeah, I like it. Two guys on on my radar certainly are the two Super Bowl quarterbacks, and that's Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow, both Mm -hmm. really peaking. I know Stafford 
absolutely just needed that fresh start and LA is sparing no expense to build a great team around him after a Super Bowl win coming off that and getting Allen Robinson now and still maintaining that great wide receiving core and Cooper Cup only makes him better I mean the the long story short is it's going to be a quarterback who wins whether it be one of these guys we talked about or or an outsider it's just always very quarterback heavy uh Derrick Henry would have to have like a 3,000 yard season something ridiculous like that Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor yeah both the both you know probably the top two of uh, of running backs non-quarterback position and the same with Joe Burrow Joe Burrow just showed us last year why he was uh, such a incredible talent and how we should keep an eye on him for the years to come of that next great class of quarterbacks justin herbert i like too they're all the young quarterbacks but at stafford man don't sleep on him he's, he's going to be something to watch yeah absolutely I, I think it shows us too that the league is in a really good spot right now especially at the quarterback position i think there was a lull there for a long time he didn't know uh coming out of like the philip rivers years near the ben roethlisberger years and, and guys like that who was going to be the next breed to take over. And, and you look at the old guys, obviously, you know, Tom Brady's at the top there. We don't know how long we have him, followed by Aaron Rodgers and then a guy like, you know, maybe like even Matt Stafford. But the league's in good hands right now. You know, you look at the the AFC West alone. We haven't even mentioned Derek Carr's name, who has mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, um, uh, you know, along with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. They've, they've got a dynamic offense there, too, with Josh McDaniels. He, he could be a sneaky MVP candidate as well. Um, so th- there's a ton of good young quarterbacks out there, your, your young veterans, the Mahomes, you, like you said, the Josh Allens of the world, the Herberts. You know, those guys can have big years, but what are these second-year rookies even going to do? I don't expect those guys to be in the, in the MVP conversation, but, you know, can Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence and – and the motherfucker uh, Zach Wilson can he can he uh, <laughs> see can what he you emer- did there? Yeah, can he emerge? Can these guys emerge as maybe most improved player? I, I don't doubt it. What a story! Comment on that, Ross. <laughs> I listen, man. They they raise him different where he's from and and Utah. I know <laughs> Josh Zach Zach Wilson. He he went up about ten points in my book this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of that young man. He's, he's got that dog in him, like they say. He's got the dog in him. <laughs> Nothing but a dog in me. Oh, that's hysterical. All right, talking about NBA, Zach Wilson aside, uh, the latest news here, I know you were just reacting to it on Twitter, Ross, was DeAndre Ayton getting signed to the Pacers or at least signing a four-year max contract uh, that these sons have a couple days to match. Uh, but this is the largest offer sheet in NBA history, so I'm told. Well, how about that? But the Pacers, yeah, they, they let him go for nothing. And and this they knew we knew that this was gonna happen. We knew this was a possibility. And and DeAndre Ayton, obviously a big part of um that son's final run a couple years back. But $133 million max contract, is he worth that much? Well, I mean, listen, he's a former number one overall pick, right? I mean, he's everybody else, you know, at the top of that class outside of Marvin Bagley has gotten paid already. Um, we've seen, obviously, Luca be one of the top five best players in the league. Trey Young's gotten paid. You know, he's a big man. He's athletic. He's young. He He's a good rim runner, protector. You know, he's, he's got a good offensive game to him. Um, you know, you hope that he can continue to grow into this, to his game. I, you know... It sounds like from everything that Woj is saying that the Suns want to match the deal, um, which I, I think it makes sense for them because, you know, they have to be able to compete with the Golden States of the world who are spending $340 million a year, and the Clippers are going to come back, and Rudy Gobert's in Minnesota now, and, 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 and um, Memphis has got a great team as well. So, you know, it makes sense, but 
you know, I, I, I always wonder about um, a guy like Aiton's work ethic and, and does he even want to be out there? And that's where you have to get concerned about, you know, after he gets paid all this money and he has this deal, is that it for him? Is he going to want to continue to, to have that passion and that grind? And sometimes it seems like it's just not there for him. But I think it's it's kind of a, a calculated risk that the Suns, they have to match it. I, I mean, because I don't know what else you do. You know, you can do a sign and trade and, and get Miles Turner back. But right. to me, Miles Turner is just poor man's DeAndre Aiden. You know, like I think I'd rather just have DeAndre Aiden. He's your guy. He's homegrown. You drafted him, you know, first overall. You said that this guy was was – Better than Luca, and you know now all of a sudden you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is. He's a big part of that team's success. When you look at Chris Paul and, and the shooters around him, Michael Bridges, and and all these young studs, uh, but DeAndre Ayton, it's it's like we've talked about in previous episodes of the podcast. He's one of those premier young big men who can do a lot in the paint, and and again on the young side of things, like a lot of potential for him to. Uh, continue to be a vital part of that organization just to let him go for nothing just doesn't make a ton of sense too from the sun standpoint right Uh, when you want to run it back like like they're likely going to do Mm -hmm. and and we know the bulls are are bouncing back from a first round playoff exit and we want to see them at full strength and i feel like arturis karnasovas is not lifting my spirits when he said on nba tv the other day uh, during the the summer league game, that Lonzo Ball is progressing, but probably not at the speed that we would like. He said right. the Bulls hope he's ready for training camp. And I was having right. just a discussion with friends about it. I, I mean, this is obviously the make or break year with Lonzo. Otherwise, you just got to cut ties with him. And, and then what a waste. It's obviously something you can't foresee with injuries uh, to young players like this. But, boy, that would be a, a huge miss. And, and I wonder what's going through the Bulls organization's head as far as what to do with him at this point because he's, he's a big focal point uh, for that backcourt. And the time he did play, he was essential to getting that Bulls uh, potential up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the only thing they really can't do at this point is they got to kind of wait it out, right? They can't rush right. him because, you know, you've got a long season coming up ahead and you can't, you can't have this guy have another setback. I, I was kind of doing some, some research and I looked online and it seems like, um, Kendrick Nunn, who, who uh, you know, Lakers guard, had a very similar injury, um, you know, back in the day with that kind of bone bruise, and it took him about nine months to get back on the court. And if you look at the timetable right now for Lonzo, he's about past the six month mark, right? So does that mean theoretically we've got about another three months, maybe, uh, to even see Lonzo Ball take the court? That puts us in right about where you know the the regular season would start. So. You know, in my opinion, I don't think Lonzo Ball is going to be ready to go uh, at the beginning of the season. I don't think the Bulls um, can can afford to rush him because he can have a major setback going forward. I, I think we'll be seeing Lonzo Ball, uh, unfortunately, closer to you know maybe the start of December um, as he yeah as he gets ready again, um, which you know kind of shows you why they went out there and they signed Goran Dragic, right? And, they, and he yeah. said the other day that they promised him. Makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, 20 to 25 minutes a game. You feel like that's a lot of minutes, but with no Lonzo, he's going to have to play it. And that's also why they they hold on to a guy like Kobe White, right? Who, yeah. you know, who could have been traded, but you're going to need Kobe and Ayo Dusumu and, and Goran Dragic if Lonzo's going to be out for the first month and a half, two months of the season. Very true. It creates a log jam when he is healthy, though. You wonder what will happen. Yeah. Obviously, before the trade deadline, everybody keeps talking about trading away Kobe White, but 
I, after that season, you you do see you need him now, and between him and Io Desunmu, you'd probably go for the young gun. But Kobe has, has showed you he can he could be a big addition to any NBA roster out there. So he could be good trade bait too. I mean, maybe you, you bolster the the front court with uh with a trade for him. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the thing is, you know, with Kobe White is, I, I think he fits the timeline of probably like a younger rebuilding team. He's still a young guy. He's he's in the last year. He's got one more year left, something like that, in his rookie deal. So maybe the Bulls are able to flip him for a veteran that doesn't make sense on on one of these rebuilding teams. I look at a team like San Antonio, who has Jacob Proto, who's a big man who can shoot the basketball, and, and maybe they would have rather have Kobe White than Jacob Proto or even Utah, who seems like they're blowing it up right now. And they have Jordan Clarkson there, who's the sixth man of the year winner. And you don't really need a guy like that on your basketball team, right, when you're doing a rebuilding. So maybe it's a, a Kobe White for Jordan Clarkson deal. So I, I think that, you know, the, the smart thing is to not sell Kobe White for 60 cents on the dollar. Let him get some minutes underneath his belt in the regular season where he can kind of light it up a little bit, and hopefully you can get a little bit more for him. Um, just real quick, Shams has broken the news. The Suns have officially matched the offer for DeAndre Ayton. And why wouldn't they? Look at that breaking news on the podcast that you'll you'll hear about. Yep. Uh, that it makes the most sense in the world. It does. And uh, the it Suns does. are what, Suns are better. What doesn't make, what doesn't make sense though is they they could have did this deal about nine months ago. Right. The timing and, is. Yeah, off. and not even have to go through all this. And I feel like maybe Ayton would have. Not played all, played so so uh, so sad and so angry last season. If he knew that he had that contract, and maybe things go a little bit differently for them than, than what happened where they went out in the uh, in the playoffs. Remember to follow Ross at Ross Reed. He said this four hours ago, four hours ago at the the time of recording this podcast, of course. Uh, on the other NBA news, uh, I know that these players. It's not really news. It's just again the conversation of the off season, but. You know, Andre Iguodala, sure, he's enjoying basically, I don't know, semi-retirement. He's going to be the new Udonis Haslam for the for the Warriors, his answer to Udonis Haslam for the Warriors, something like that. But he needs to shut it. Like saying Rashid Wallace would be, I don't know, putting up better stats, basically paraphrasing, than Giannis in today's NBA. Like I, I can compare the two, and it's funny, I'm reading uh, one of the uh, books about Kobe right now called Rise, and talking about what a sensation Sheed was from Philly. Um, not taking anything away from Sheed. And Sheed was a fin- fantastic player. But are we really putting <laughs> them in the same category, saying that Sheed could do this? And also these comparisons, I get it. Like, players have to compare eras. Uh, you know, the more ridiculous claim is John Morant saying he'd cook Michael Jordan one-on-one. But yeah. the guy's got yeah. to have an ego to stroke. Are you taking right. Giannis or Sheed? I am 100% taking Giannis. I think Giannis, I mean, he's he's a Greek freak for a reason, right? He is a freak of basketball. He's a one-of-one, one, meaning you've never seen anything like that before. You'll never see anything like that again. He is a true, true unicorn. We'll never see it again. I, I, he's yeah. like... He's like a combination of, of Shaquille O'Neal and, and, and Lamar Odom with, with like Derrick Rose. It's like, like just, it's just insane the way he, he, he is out there. I love Rasheed Wallace. I remember watching Rasheed Wallace when he was back in college on those, on those college teams with Vince Carter. And, and, I, and I thought that he was um, a hell of a basketball player. I thought he was going to be a better basketball player. But Rasheed never had the, the passion and the dedication to his game on and off the court that that Giannis has. I think Rashid oftentimes would show up, you know, not in, in the best of shape. 
And, uh, you know, his head wasn't always there. It's kind of why he bounced around the league a little bit. Sure. And, uh, you know, Giannis has all the focus in the world and, and will take care of his body and, and, and eat, sleeps, and drinks, you know, basketball. And that just wasn't she. I, it's funny because I think that um, the guy I look at today's game that has the most Rashid in him is the number one draft pick from a couple of weeks ago as Paolo Banchero to me. I think Banchero yeah. has a lot of Rasheed Wallace, 6'10", 240, right? Can shoot, can pass the ball, just does a lot of really good things that you want out of a basketball player. Not the most athletic guy, but he's a highly skilled big man basketball player. And I, I, I think that if Banchero can have a, a Rasheed-type career, Orlando's going to be in good shape. You said it all about Giannis Ross and, and the – blend of athleticism and size and shooting and ball handling it's just something we've never seen before and you saw it when he won the nba finals won his first nba championship he's, he's an mvp the guy already doesn't have a lot to prove but what is he early 20s too he's 23 24 it's just incredible what he's able to accomplish it's again going back to his age He's just getting started, and Milwaukee is is dead set on keeping that core around him. It's making it tough for that division that the Bulls are in, of course, too, and the rest of the NBA. But this is that mold. If you can find him, like that's what they, that's what the Thunder want Chet Holmgren to be. That's what you're trying to get. Joel, Joel Embiid was obviously Giannis, kind of right before Giannis, but these seven footers are now evolving into not just pulse players, but in the three heavy league that they are. He's adapting, and he's knocking down free throws, which is just a huge part of the game. And you, you mentioned Shaq and Marlon, guys like that, who big men notoriously just were, have been bad from the free throw line. He is adapting. Uh, she absolutely, like, Hall of Famer, huge part of that Pistons dynasty, loves the weed, loves yep. his <laughs> – loves uh, the sport of basketball. But, I, I mean, you can't compare them. They're not in the same – they're not in the same fucking conversation. It just doesn't They're make not. sense to me where that came from. They're not. And, and to me, it's like you almost are doing Rashid a disservice because then you feel like you're shitting on that guy, which, like you said, the guy had a Hall of Fame career. He was absolutely outstanding. But, you know, when you start comparing him to, you know, Giannis is only 27, 28 years old. Giannis is going to go down as probably arguably one of the 10 best players of all time. And that just isn't what Rashid Wallace, you know, was even at the peak of the at, at the height of his power. So I, I hate having the shit on a guy like Rashid, but don't you you got you can't compare really good players to just iconic players that the game will never see again. Very different, very different. Jalen Williams said the top duo in the NBA is. Do you know who it is, Ross? Um, Giannis and Middleton. No, it's a good duo though. Said it was and Brown. Nope, that I would think would be up there. He said okay. Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins, Jay Williams. Okay. Yeah, that's Steph uh, that's Curry a new one. And, and anyone else, right? You break up, yeah, break up the Splash Brothers for the new guy, former number one overall pick, Andrew Wiggins. That's a tough yeah. one. You'd put Zach Levine and Demar Derozan up there. You'd put LeBron and AD up there if AD wasn't wearing street clothes all the time. Yeah. But I would have said the same thing: Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, maybe. Yeah. But Curry and Wiggins. We saw Curry it in the Wiggins. finals. We did. We did. Wiggins had a great finals. I, I don't know if I, you know, necessarily agree with that. I, I think that, you know, balance wise, it's probably Tatum and, and Brown for me. I'll tell you what, you know, we haven't seen it in, in over a year, but um, Jokic and Jamal Murray is going to is, is going to be up there as well. And, and same thing with with Kawhi and Paul George if those two guys are healthy. But um, I'm not mad at the uh, at the Curry and, and Wiggins. To me, it's basically like. You're basically saying Steph Curry is is 
a god right now and it's like steph curry and insert player, insert player right? yeah, sure yeah absolutely at, right at this point it just happens to be uh andrew wiggins so i'm not mad at it yeah i like it ross moving on to baseball i, I think we've uh changed our tone since previous podcasts where it's a long season i, I think based on the management of this team and just a number of other factors. A lot of White Sox fans are, are really pissed off. Give me your perspective. What's going on over there? You know, it's such an ups and down season. I, I think it's become such an unlikable team with the with the arguing and, and just the manager. And, um, you know, you start to get the reports out. I, I think Dallas Keuchel on his way out, snitched to uh, Bob Nightingale. And I think Liam Hendricks called him out on it today on, on ESPN 1000 about you know, all the stuff that they said about the about the, the clubhouse. At this point, they're heading into the All-Star break. They're literally playing right now against a divisional rival, the Minnesota Twins. I, I just want to see them play good baseball. And I want to see them um, you know, take three out of four against a, a division opponent and then go into the break like saying, okay, we've got a chance to really make a push for um, – you know, for, for a playoff spot at the end of the year. It's at this point, they're getting healthier. It's kind of like nut up or shut up time. And we'll see if these guys can kind of come together and, and start to put together a, a good run here because they need to start doing it. It's, it's been enough. We're past, we're almost halfway through July 1st. It's getting really frustrating as a fan to watch them do this up and down thing every day. Are you surprised that La Russa is still managing this ball club? I am not surprised because it's Reinsdorf loyalty. Yeah. Yep. Can't I think get around it. Any other, yeah. I think it was any other owner in baseball. Um, I think Russo A wouldn't have even been hired again um, because he's just too damn old and, and probably a little bit senile. Um, but, you know, a, he probably would have been fired probably a month ago, right? There's so much talent in this team for them to be consistently under 500 right now. You look what the Blue Jays did yesterday. They fired their manager. They're four games over 500. God damn it. We, we would kill as White Sox fans right now to have our team four games under 500. So, But that's what accountability looks like. You know, Gir- Girardi got the can. That guy's got World Series rings that are more recent, I believe, uh, than, than Tony La Russa. So even Joe Madden got fired out in, in, uh, in Anaheim. So what have you done for me lately type of situation in the MLB? That's for sure. That's Absolutely. insane. That was quite the snub with Dylan Cease, by the way, talking about the All-Star game. Like, what what the fuck is the rest of the league looking at here? He's got incredible numbers. He's the one bright spot in this first half of the season, I feel like, amidst all the injuries and, and shortcomings. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I'm not mad at it. I think I still think there's some time left in the next couple of days here for him to sneak in and get into the All-Star game. Um, but... You know, he is the, the White Sox best pitcher right now. He, he's a power horse right now, um, a strikeout king. He's pitching this Sunday coming up for the last game uh, before the break. So I'm not mad at him um, probably needing a, a couple of days off and, and letting him just kind of, um, you know, just just kind of unwind a little bit and relax. I think even if he goes to the All-Star game, there's probably a very slim chance that he will even pitch in the game. Um, because he is pitching on Sunday. So, uh-huh. you know, do you want him making the trip all the way to L.A. just to sit there on the bench? You know, probably not. It would still be a cool honor for him to, to be able to get there. And I'm pretty sure uh, from a contract standpoint, it'll help him a lot You know, yeah. in terms of when it's time to negotiate his new deal if it says All-Star next to his name. There you go. Well, I mean, it's not much better on the north side. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It's not. It's not. I, you know... I, it's tough. We, we all you know Chicago is such an awesome city in the summertime. It, it is a baseball city in the summertime, and it sucks that 
both sides of town right now really can't enjoy high quality baseball. You know, the Cubs for the Cubs to me, it's, you know, rebuilding that farm system a little bit, but it's also, it's like, look, you know, the ownership has got the money. They, they rebuilt that, that whole neighborhood and, and they redid that ballpark. And, you know, if I was a Cubs fan, I, I would hate to hear the Ricketts try and, you know, cry poor. I expect them in this off season to go out there and spend some money again and try and get a winner back on that field, go out there and sign a guy like Xander Bogarts and, and, you know, look at some of these other free agents out there. Why can't they um, go swimming in the in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes if they want to go out there and, and sign Aaron Judge? You fucking have the money. It's Chicago. It's Wrigleyville. It's Wrigley Field. It's the number one tourist attraction in, in the state of Illinois. It's, you know, second to, to uh, you know, it's behind them is Navy Pier. So I don't want to hear it when they start trying to pour. And the bean. Don't forget the bean. And the bean. I was just at the bean on Saturday. I was in the area over there. Oh, I took Bradley that. to go miniature golfing down there. I can't tell you when the last time I went to that bean. That park is great over there, though, huh? It is. Yeah. Maggie Daly Park is awesome. Yep. All which leads us to Chicago in a, in a recent polling being ranked the second best city in the world, only behind Edinburgh, Scotland. I don't know oh. how you compare the two, but... Chicago leaning in heavy on their food and beverage scene and something yep. to do during every part of uh, the year, whether it be winter or whether it be summertime. Obviously, what we live for this very brief three months that we try to uh, live up to the fullest. But I like that. New York was like number 20. That was the, yep. It was the only U.S. town in the top 10 U.S. City. Absolutely. And you see why, right? Chicago, sure. you know, one of the biggest cities in the country, obviously, uh, one of the biggest in, in the world, but still has a very down, uh, down home, like, you know, close net feel to it. You know, you can get to the city anywhere, either car or public transportation, transportation for the most part within 15 to 20 minutes, which is yeah. something that you can't do in a city like New York or LA. So I think that's really important. Um, the, the neighborhood vibes and being able to to go to some, some local mom and pop restaurants and get outstanding food and, and you know, the, the culture and the drinks and stuff like that and the beer scene and, and the craft cocktail scene, our downtown and, and, and skyline, I think is the best in the country. Um, so it, it's obvious why Chicago would be that high on the list. I, it's, I've been to, man, at least 15, 20 cities all across the world. And to me, Chicago is still my number one. And that's not even me being biased. I mean, there's a tinge of bias, but both having traveled to these, these quote, best cities in the world, there's just it's something for everybody. I think the accessibility is such a big plus for Chicago. Like mm-hmm. food and beverage scene is great. The art scene, music scene, it's just it just hits all. Uh, it sprays to all fields. It it, it 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 checks all the boxes. It's really one of a kind, and we love it. This it is, is why we this is why we suffer through the you know six months of not seeing the sun type of thing. It is. It is. We'll be at we'll be at one of my favorite cities too in a couple of weeks. I, I I'd be surprised if it wasn't high up on that list. We'll be in yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans deserves. Uh, deserves a lot of love. I don't think New Orleans gets a lot of credit for as amazing a city as it is. So I'm excited to be there in a couple of weeks as well. I'll be, I got to take a look at that list again and, and see uh, what's up there and, and what I've seen and, and, and what I need to go visit. Yeah, you should check it out. Get to Edinburgh. You, you would Get love to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, Scotland. I'm Absolutely. Scottish. I got to go find my roots. Go find right. some long lost ancestors. That would be great. All right, Ross. Yep. We talking uh, TV shows at this point here. We're talking TV shows, yeah. Yes, sir. So, you know, the top five for today is the top shows of 2022. And mm-hmm. my caveat is I have a child 
don't have a ton of time. I have a very indecisive partner that does not choose what to watch. So Hmm. I am left to my own musings. Uh, I finally did watch episode one of The Old Man, which was fantastic. Uh, It won't be in the top five just because I haven't seen it all yet. And we have a lot of TV yet to come. We got The Thrones. We got other shit that'll come out for sure. Lord of the Rings show is coming out soon. Lord of the Rings. Look at that. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some some really quite high quality TV shows coming up here. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a great year for TV. I think that um, you know COVID held a lot of stuff back. Right. Um, so I think we got a lot of high quality TV all at once. Uh, because of that, you know, when I put my list together, I, I'm only going to do new TV shows. I only shows that started this year, just because. Ah. Yeah, I, I wanted to put that caveat on there because it's very, I think it's really easy to say Better Call Saul or Atlanta or Barry, I think is, is an outstanding show or The Boys is, is probably in a lot of people's top five right now. And, you know, you could say even The Mandalorian, even though we didn't get a new season this year of that is, is probably in a lot of people's top five. So I I wanted to, um, Euphoria is, is probably in my top five of, of just you know shows ongoing that are shows yeah ongoing shows so i was like i want to preface this by like saying here are five new shows that you can catch up on fairly quickly they're probably four or five six episodes at the most in and they are all outstanding shows um that you can binge pretty quickly that all premiere this year all right well with that said it fucks up my guesses for your your yeah. top what five would have been your guesses uh my my guesses for you would be the old man It'd be Atlanta. I want to say Better Call Saul, but I, I feel like you would you'd throw that out somewhere. Severance, yeah. I know, is up there, even with this yeah. new, new reasoning. And we own this city, I feel like, would sneak in there. Having said everything you said, yeah, I think it's the bear. I think it's the old man. Yeah, I think it's Severance. Yeah. You got three. We own this city? You got four. Uh, what's the last one? one? Abbott Elementary. I don't know. That is number five. Oh, look, look at, at that. You. Yeah. You all five. I know Listen. you too well, Ross. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are the five best shows for me of this year. And you kind of get a little bit of everything out there. Let's unpack it a little bit, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think for me, Abbott, number, Abbott Elementary is number five for me. I hate network TV shows with a passion. Right? I think yeah. stupid. I think they're formulaic. I think that uh, there's too many episodes in a season. And with that said, Abbott Elementary is hilarious. It's well acted. It's well written. Um, I, I think that it's um, it's great for all the family. I think it's refreshing. It kind of takes me back to like old TGIF Friday shows. Um, I absolutely love it. I, I think it's been awesome. It's been a great find for ABC. And um, you know, if you haven't checked out Abbott Elementary, check it out. You can stream it on Hulu right now. There you go. Uh, I haven't seen so again with my list. It's uh, I have some reoccurring shows on there. Uh, as far as the old man, and as far as Severance, uh, I just haven't gotten around to him yet. Same with We yeah. Own This City, but yeah. uh, you know Abbott Elementary. I, I have heard good things, and and you you hit on a, a thing that people harp on a lot is that net, network TV just doesn't do it for a lot of people. It's just. Yeah. Not again, like you talked about. We we long for the days of TGIF and in the sitcom. Uh, that's that's kind of a laugh track, things like that. And just you know the theme songs, everything that goes into it. You kind of had to reinvent it, and we haven't had 
a Parks and Rec or an Office to recent memory. I think what, mm-hmm. what am I thinking of? The Superstore, Superstore, whatever that was. Superstore, that was yeah. the, what you know. Greg Daniels and that writing staff had worked on to, to recent memory. But Abbott Elementary seems to really lean into what what everybody wants, and and it's like you said, something for everybody in the family, and and it's got rave reviews, man. Everybody says it's the best show of the year so far. I got to watch it. It is. And it's a show that you can like just kind of throw on even like while you're making dinner or just something or just kind of casually, you know, doing some other things, folding laundry and it's going to hold your attention, but you don't need to like focus too much on it and pay attention to it. Like it's like a procedural crime drama or anything like that. So I, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great show. It's super fun. I have uh, a lot of fun watching it and I was uh, very pleasantly surprised with it. Lovely. All right. Well, I'm, what three episodes into the bear sell the bear for me i'm still like on the fringe and everybody also says that's in the top top tier yeah the bear is um the bear is my number one actually of the year Mm. and it's a show that deals with um you know it's very it's very chicago focused as we know it's about a guy that takes over his 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 dead brother's uh you know beef shop in, in the river north area you can literally go to that exact location right now. It's across the street from the old National 27 and right next to the Bernie Supper Club. Um, it's got the the guy, I forget his name every time. It's like something, Alan, whatever. The guy that was you know on Shameless. from Shameless, yeah. Yes, yes. He's the the star of the show. Um, it it deals with grief and trauma and, and how everybody kind of handles that and how everybody kind of tends to bury it until it will explode and, and you know, and how you deal with your own grief and trauma and how do you deal with your own, you know, destiny and, and what you were supposed to do versus what you're doing now versus what you want to do. I will say that, you know, it's about, they go quick. Episodes are about 28 minutes long. Um, once you get past um, episode four and there's only eight episodes in the first season, you buckle up and episode seven is the best 25 to 30 minutes of tv i have seen this entire year it's an an episode it's it's all in one shot it the camera never takes it never changes it's all done in one shot it is chaotic it is um it is stressful it gives you a lot of anxiety it is like heart pounding um you as a former industry guy will 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 definitely uh, appreciate a lot of that episode and, and a lot of it will give you ptsd and it's just absolutely outstanding. It sets up to me um, for a great finale episode, um, which will kind of like leave you wanting more into you know season two. And the show just got renewed for season two this week, which is really exciting for uh, the cast and the writers of that show. But yeah, man, I, I'm a huge fan of The Bear. I think it's well acted. I think it's well written. I love all the characters on the show. You just wanna, I wanna hang out in that kitchen with those people now. Like, yeah. like I wanna, I wanna go, get a sub at that sandwich. I hope that somebody in Chicago does like a pop-up soon where they kind of recreate that whole, that whole vibe in there. You're able to visit it. Cause that would be awesome. That's a good call. It, it is a really good cast. And, and the kid from shameless, he, he does carry it really well, well casted all around. I, I do like mm-hmm. that. And one episode into the old man, I'm, I'm into it. It's just a matter of when I get around to it. It was a very good first episode. Yep. Just setting Jeff Bridges character up and his dogs and his, dirty past and john lithgow's character i'm i'm excited for that which is a limited run if i'm not mistaken and got renewed for season two as well so okay there we go 
it's coming back just an old school you know kind of spy drama with a little bit of a secret and you're trying to figure out what the secret is um i love it i am completely caught up it was something that like i couldn't turn off and i i, I kind of tried to zip through as many episodes as i can um it's a it's a it's a very good show i think jeff bridges the, the ending of the first episode with the car scene and, and the fight um really just kind of like you know brought me into it this man's over 70 years old and you can look closely he's doing those stunts that's him right. he, he's the one doing all that stuff and it just it's, it looks like it's shot like a movie like if you told me that this was a movie i i, I wouldn't uh i wouldn't be surprised but it's a tv show and it's not even like an hbo tv show it's coming from fx so i love the old man i'm all in on it and uh i can't wait for the episode the new episode to come tomorrow i think we only have like two or three episodes left in this first season Ross, you're going to make me go on uh, the tangent with your Twitter poll of FX versus HBO here, but uh, I, we'll, we'll have to dedicate another another yeah. show to that. Uh, yeah. But just rounding off your top five, Severance, I, yes. I've, you know, again, talking about great cast and great comedy, I need to get around to it. Um, yeah. But that it just seems like Adam Scott carries it and, and everybody else in it. It's just really well written. He's got nominated for an Emmy for Best Leading Actor. That's well-deserved. Um, John Turturro was, uh, I think, oh. John Turturro or, or um, Christopher Walken. One of the two, if not both, were, be- were nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Love it. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, Ben Stiller is kind of like the the, the, the guy that brought the show t- to fruition. It is a cerebral, slow-burn show that you really have to, like, lock yourself in almost put your phone in the other room when you watch it to not get distracted um but it's unique it's unlike anything we've ever seen before patricia arquette is awesome on that show and then it gives you the biggest season finale cliffhanger that you have seen in years and i'm talking years where you're just like i audibly yelled at the tv are you fucking kidding me that's how you're ending (laughs) this season yeah. When I saw that. And that's exactly what you want out of the TV show. It's like, when can I, when can you give me some more? Yeah. You got it. They, that's how they get you, they get you hooked. So that'll be back. And then we own this city, much, much like The Wire Roots, which is what your yeah. number one drama in mine of all time. Yes, absolutely. And we own the city is, listen, it's, it's David Simon, who we've seen obviously from The Wire and Treme, and he did The Corner and, and, you know, so his outstanding writing, he's going back to Baltimore, but he's kind of doing it with an updated vibe. And, and we've got Crooked Cops. Um, and it's John Berenthal, who, you know, we know from um, he's been with Wall Street. He was Shane on The Walking Dead. He was the Punisher. Yeah. You've seen John Berenthal a lot. And he's emerging right now as a, a superstar actor. And that guy gives a tour de force performance in the entire show. We are just like, do I do my rooting for this guy? Do I hate this guy? Like, I don't know what's going on here, but it's an absolutely outstanding show. That is a limited series. So, you know, you can kind of, you know, they were, they put a bow on that story at the end and it's just, uh, it's an absolute perfect. It's, it's great to see a lot of the old wire actors back in that show, but they're playing completely different roles, um, which is cool to see. I, I think that David Simon is the master. Anytime he, he starts to, a tv show together you you just know immediately it's going to be outstanding yeah hbo throughout their series too it's interesting you bring that up just uh, uses these great actors it happens in barry too repeatedly like they just have good relationships with them and and whatever 
character they portray just seems like they're they're just very good at it. It's just like they're on call for whatever HBO show that they come up with. But John Birdthall, like you said, definitely approaching that superstar realm when he's mm-hmm. he's the Punisher and just has a, a bit of range for sure. Um, he's coming out with um he's doing a, a TV show for Showtime in the fall. It's a remake of American Gigolo, which is an old Richard Gere movie from the seventies. Oh wow! And he's playing the American Gigolo, so you're gonna get a lot of John Bernthal. Uh, coming up here, that guy is is on a fast track to, to superstardom. I was just rewatching The Wolf of Wall Street. He's hilarious in that. He's awesome. So, in that movie. Him and Jonah Hill going against each other's. Yeah, that was exactly the scene I left off in because you can't watch that all in one sitting. Not no. not any of these Scorsese movies anymore. On the flip side, when I was looking at my top five, I'd say on the top, you know, we talk about dramas, of course, but we both love comedies, and one of the best comedies I've seen to recent memory is animated, and it's Big Mouth. And then the spinoff, which is created by, you know, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and a bunch of hilarious people behind it. Uh, But Human Resources, their most recent one. So if people don't know the concept, it's about kids basically growing up like preteen and going through puberty and all their emotions and and hormones and everything. And they have hormone monsters. And so they report back to their human resources. And so basically Mulaney and Kroll did this spinoff and Kroll does seven different characters, but they got Maya Rudolph. They got... Every comedian, they got, you know, Bobby Cannavale. They just have a hilarious cast. Guys, you, you, Jermaine Clement, just hilarious, hilarious. Just the list goes on of, of people in that show that are, that are just great and, and in your favorite comedies. It was, it's, it got renewed. Big Mouth is coming back too. It's, it's at the top of animated shows. And that just made it into my top five shows of 2022 based on uh, this season alone, just because it was hysterical. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like, um, I, I can't wait for until Bradley's like, like 13, 14 years old, and we're like it's gonna a be lot of shows kids, like yeah. that, Big Mouth, <laughs> even like your your Rick and Morty's and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just gonna be like that that kind of toilet bowl humor a little bit, but that's like a little bit more elevated than like sophomore humor. And that's gonna be right up his alley. Right, so we're gonna start binging all that stuff. Absolutely, you got Janelle Monae in there too. But yeah, really, right. really good cash, really well written. But as far as the dramas and the big hitters, it, it's it's everyone you talked about: Barry, Atlanta, Stranger Things, and Better Call Saul are those top four right. dramas coming out right now. And Barry, it, it, the way it left, it does not look like it's gonna come back. Ooh. And I, I expected it to. Uh, basically end at some point here because every show's got to end, right? And mm-hmm. the just the, the the plot line between Barry and his, uh, you know, um, Bill Hader's character and and Henry Winkler and and Barry's girlfriend and uh, people on his tail, the guy he reports to, um, forgetting his name right now, but we, we know him from everything. Just mm-hmm. really well done. Bill Hader directs some of it, and to see Bill Hader in a more serious role and still still is funny at just times when you would not expect it, but there's several episodes where the action scenes are right up there, and yeah. it's very... Uh, it's like you said uh, w- w- with these actors, um, it, it's it's just incredible to see that transformation to a dramatic role for him like that and, and to take that turn. And the same can be said again for... Atlanta, when we know Donald Glover with with his um, really eclectic background between community and writing for 30 Rock and then going to do music and uh, dabbling in movies now. But Atlanta, he's talking about comparing it to, to The Sopranos. Like, he's, he's not bullshitting as far as this is really great television. And the way he writes and directs these episodes and how they kind of um, trade off between 
the more linear plot line and then his one-offs of just shit that he thinks up it is just <laughs> just some of the best uh, TV that you have never seen before. These different ideas um, that couldn't be done while following like the journeys of Paperboy and 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 Donald Glover's character and and uh, what's his name as well. But yeah, this this past season certainly you know with with putting in Europe and traveling around Amsterdam added that extra level too in these episodes where they followed that plot line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was really good. It's outstanding. I, you know, you, you you bring up Hater and and Glover, and it's like I love these two shows that they're doing right now, but I can't wait for them to do the next thing. Sure. And I would really like for them to to transition into into doing some kind of movie. I mean, we get next weekend, we get Jordan Peele's Nope, which is his third you know feature film, and I'm extremely excited about it. And Daniel Kaluuya, who's who's now an Oscar uh, award winning actor, is making the rounds right now. And you know, wouldn't be awesome to see like Bill Hader's horror movie that that goes to Blumhouse or or Donald Glover's you know kind of like you know uh, suspense film or something like that with like a little bit of dark twisted humor to it. I think both these guys are are super talented, and I can't wait to see what they do next once they. I I don't want these shows to end because Barry and Atlanta are outstanding, but I I think if they go out on top and you see these guys move on to some other cool projects, I, I just love seeing. I love seeing original content, you know, superheroes and, and, and Star Wars and shit like that is fun. And, and you know, you get minions and, and you got the, the, the gentle minions now wearing their tuxedos to the movies. And we get so much IP, right, intellectual property. It's like I just miss good old fashioned. I've never seen this story before. Just original storytelling. And right. that's what I that's what I get drawn to the most still to this day. Yeah, no question. The top two that rounded it out. I know you're not into Stranger Things, but this season yeah. has has certainly brought it with them spending what like three million dollars an episode. The cast growing together and and the storyline really coming to a head. It's not just like a kid sci-fi show. It's starting to show some some gore, starting to show some some balls to it, just some real um, violence and, and just darker themes to it. And 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 as it should when it feels very apocalyptic vibes, but the way that the Duffer brothers had this cast and, and the way they implement music in there too. And special effects are really good. I mean, some of it's CGI, but just really well thought out action scenes as well. It was really good. And then, you know, we're seeing the beginning of the end, which, it, which was going into this year as probably the favorite to win drama of the year is better call Saul. And we know what Vince Gilligan has done before with breaking bad and, and that transformation again, going to a dramatic character from a guy more in a comedy background, like Bob Odenkirk, he's just crushed it. I know this is the first episode uh, of the second half of this last season that just premiered and, and it's going to be a wild ride. It's like a, it's like an hour and a half. So it's a movie in itself. And you know, it's all coming to a head and and all these storylines are going to intersect. We're going to see Walter White, and Jesse Pinkman, Rhea Seahorn, the, the guy who plays Mike, just all these guys. And, and of course, John Carlo Esposito, really the, the best uh, for good reason. And we're finally seeing this was that build like Breaking Bad where we're seeing where this is all going to end up. And you see the, what's good about Vince Gilligan and, and how this show is directed and written. You see the flashbacks at the beginning of episodes or sort of flash in the future to where these these characters are now kind of glimpses and you're trying to put together the pieces on your own you'll see for sure what happens in these next several weeks yeah absolutely listen tv is in a good spot right now i'm super excited i mean this is this the fact this is summertime we get all these 
high quality TV shows. It's almost awesome. unfair. Yeah, <laughs> with absolutely. the summer though, <laughs> I gotta be absolutely. outside. <laughs> but you know what? With all the bad baseball and stuff we're getting, it's it's Might cool well. to just toss on a good show for an hour, like especially on like a Friday night with a glass of wine or a glass of bourbon, and just you know not spend a little time with Jeff Bridges and the old man, right? I mean that that's I love that. Yeah, no question, my man. We've ran out of show. Thanks to everybody for listening in. You can catch all our previous shows and this one on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, all on the Barroom Network. Thanks to our friends at the Barroom Network. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Everybody be good to each other out there. For now, we say so long. Peace.